Well, good afternoon, and welcome to episode 223 of The Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. All right, uh, well, it's going to be a show today. As you guys might know if you've been listening lately, I'm not going to do the whole news thing anymore. Uh, apparently, that was not that entertaining, which I suspected, but uh, I was just doing my best to try to fill the time. Uh, so now I'm just going to fucking talk about whatever absolutely comes to my head at a random moment. So I imagine there will be lots of pauses and dead air, but we will deal with it the best that we can. Uh, I see the OG Army sort of farm starting. Ah. Okay, let's start us over again. Hi, I'm Passive Jay, and you're listening to The Other Ground Live. Uh, this is a show for people who can't speak properly. Uh, I am your host. <laughs> I see a Homelander and a Dragon Ops hanging out in the chat box. Good to see you guys. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, how did the day go, I guess? That's, that's an easy way to do it. Um, uh, rest day today, so no, no working out. Got to sleep in for an extra hour, which I'm always a big fan of. So I got up at 4 in the morning instead of 3 in the morning. Uh, uh, rest days always make me feel weird. I, I like the, uh, um, extra sleep, but the, but then I spend the entire day, uh, kind of wishing I'd done a workout because workouts suck when you're doing them. But like after about an hour later, when I've had time to recover, I normally feel pretty good about it. It releases endorphins and all that good stuff. Uh, Homelander, are you over caffeinated? No, I'm not over caffeinated. I'm actually tired as fuck and I'm, I'm overcompensating by trying to be energetic and enthusiastic about this. <laughs> so, uh, uh, basically I'm faking it, which is what I do at work quite a bit. Uh, my entire job is basically being, uh, you know, uh, fake to rich people, uh, cause nobody can be fucking in a good mood all the time, but they think I'm in a good mood all the time. Uh, that's uh, part of my job. Uh, lots of the members will ask me how I'm doing during the day. They're like, Oh, Jay, how are you doing? My, my response is always the same. I am excellent. Um, to the point where it's a joke with them. Some of the members, how are you doing today? Let me guess. Excellent. Right. <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, and obviously I'm not always, uh, excellent. Sometimes I'm less than excellent. Uh, but I learned a long time ago, uh, that when someone asks you how you're doing, they don't fucking care how you're do you're doing. They're just being polite at best or or using it as a conversation piece or an opener or, or something like that. Very few people actually want to hear about how you're doing if it's not excellent. Um I uh I believe I told a story before. Um well, oh, hey Tits. Uh, I am doing excellent, uh, Tits Santana. <laughs> See? It's it's automatic. Uh uh but I learned a long time ago uh, at one point I was doing uh, telemarketing for 11, which I'm not proud of, but I was actually pretty good at it. At one point, and this is before the age of robocalls. Uh, this was the age of people actually calling you live on the air uh, on your phone and trying to sell you things. Uh, I didn't sell anything. I was what was known as a lead person. Uh, and I did this at several different uh, telemarketing jobs, uh, a different variation of it. Because I don't want to sell anybody anything. I don't want to try to talk anybody into anything. Um, I, I never wanted to be a salesperson. And I didn't want my uh, fucking paycheck tied to me being able to talk something and somebody into something that they might not want. So I've never done like retail sales before, and I've certainly never done phone sales, uh, but I did do what was called lead work. Uh, and that's when I would call up random people on the phone and ask them if it would be all right for someone to call them in the next day or two and try to sell them something, um, which I know, I know sounds weird, but it's, it's, uh, actually a pretty good process. It's, uh, allows you to sift through a lot more phone calls and people, uh, to try to find people that are actually interested in your product. So, uh, me just popping on their phone and doing like a 15 or 20 second speech, uh, 
is worth paying me for just to sift through uh, all those phone calls. Um, and uh, at this point, I was uh, it was uh, something called like a uh, warehouse club. I don't even know if they have these anymore. But and this is probably back in the nineties, where this was just. Uh, the building, in addition to where the telemarketers and salespeople worked, uh, was basically just one big showroom. But all the showroom was was a big room with a whole bunch of tables in it and a whole bunch of like shelving around the edges with catalogs, you know, just uh, uh, different catalogs of things you could buy. Uh, anything from golf clubs to uh, kitchen cabinetry and windows, just a, r- a ridiculous amount of different things. And the concept of the business was that uh, all these things you could buy were at, were at ridiculously low prices because you're getting it at wholesale. Uh, so to be able to do that, you paid us $5,000, <laughs> which is a big ass fucking chunk of money. Obviously. Um, the thing is, uh, it, it wasn't a ripoff. It was, but the problem being salespeople being who they are managed to talk lots of people into buying it that didn't really need it. Uh, if you were making major purchases soon, like we, I know someone, you know, that joined their club, paid the $5,000 and then bought $40,000 worth of windows that would have cost them like $80,000 or just like a whole bunch of like home improvement stuff. So if you're making large purchases, I can see it being a, um, a reasonable purchase, but for most people, it's just a scam. Uh, you know, you're not going to spend enough money in the, in that, uh, buying stuff from the catalog to make up your $5,000 or if you do, it's going to take fucking years. Cause you know, when I say they're good prices, they're good prices, like something that costs a hundred dollars, uh, retail you could get for like 60 or 70 or something like that. So you save a lot of money, but the upfront purchase was so large that, uh, for a lot of people I ended up being unhappy with their, uh, membership. Uh, but my entire job was basically just to call people up and ask them, you know, if they were interested in, in whatever that was. Um, uh, I can't remember what my speech was for that. Uh, I remember my, what my speech was for carpet cleaning. Cause I did, it, it was a job that I held for very much mo- for uh, the pretty longest time. I worked for the, there off and on for several few years, uh, carpet cleaners of America. I don't believe they're around anymore. Um, and my entire spiel was like, uh, let's see if I can remember it now. Hi, my name is Jay. I'm calling from carpet cleaners of America. I was just calling to let you know that we're offering up to 30% off our regular prices on carpet, furniture, and drapery cleaning. Would it be all right if I have someone give you a call in the next day or two to give you a free estimate right over the phone? And that was the entire spiel. If they said no, I was like, okay, thank you for your time. Have a great day. And I hung up. Um, and, uh, and that was, and that was how I did things. I've told multiple telemarketing people that, yeah, I'd be more than happy to work for you, but I don't do hard sales. If they tell me that they're not interested, I'm done with the conversation. And I've walked out of a couple of places where they wanted to try you to, you know, the, to hard sell it, the, but the, oh, but wait. You know, I hate fucking, but wait, no, no, but wait, uh, it will, you know, don't call that's shit like that is what give, uh, telemarketing a bad name in the first place. So, you know, where, where they badger you and try to, you know, talk you into stuff that you don't want. Um, but, uh, for me doing leads didn't feel the same way. I didn't feel like I was trying to uh, trick anybody or get money out of them. Uh, I was just asking if they were interested in a project, uh, product rather. Uh, and it was good money for me. Uh, shit. There were days where I make more than I do now. Uh, uh, back in the day, uh, it, it, telemarketing paid a little bit more than your average retail bullshit because it, it was kind of a more of a pain in the ass job. So I, it was not unreasonable for me to make 10 bucks an hour. Uh, but then on top of that, I would get paid a dollar for each lead. Um, and there, there are days, uh, and they, and they expected you to get like, I think, uh, five leads in a four hour shift. Uh, Cause I work split shifts on that. So bake a little more than one an hour. And in a four hour shift, I could normally get like 
10, 15, maybe 20. So if I worked a full shift, two fours, uh, they had a split shift there, nine to one and four to four to eight, which I was not a big fan of, but, but I could easily get like 20 or 30 leads a day. So that adds on to your uh, fucking, you know, hourly pay quite a bit. Um, and that's why I stuck with it so long because I was making decent money at it. But God, fucking, I hated doing that. Uh, hey, uh, Tito, uh, the ten dollars an hour—you got to remember—that was like nineteen ninety-one, ninety-two. <laughs> you know, uh, back then it wasn't—it wasn't horrible money. Uh, now, ten bucks an hour is not shit, really. Obviously. Um, but oh yeah, but back to the original story. When I was working with the uh, warehouse club, um, the manager for the salespeople and the lead people was this like really enthusiastic go get a rah 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 guy every morning before we started our shift he'd bring us into the meeting room and have like a, a half hour 45 minute meeting to get everyone enthusiastic and ready for the day because he's really big into that sort of th- stuff we'd watch videos and read books on fucking sales and all this good shit uh and every day uh when he came in you know he'd greet us all and say ask us how we're doing he'd be like hey frank how you doing today hey jay how you doing today and being young and dumb and not understanding how the real world worked i would tell him how i was doing that day if i was in a good good, having a good day i would tell him if i was having a bad day i would also tell him Uh, eventually he stopped me he goes jay not looking to hurt your feelings here but I don't want to hear about it if if you're not doing great. This is not the place for that. Uh, we we're all we're all about being you know uh, enthusiastic and positive here. I'm like, oh, I, I'm sorry, for, uh, Jeff. I you know I just just answering the question. He goes, no. He goes, no. I'm not trying to be rude. Here's the here's the deal. If you're not having a great day, lie to me. <laughs> he goes, you know, it, it, that's what we, that's what I'm looking for here. Yeah. He goes, if you don't feel like you can lie, if that makes you uncomfortable. When I ask you how you're doing, just say you're doing unbelievable. You wouldn't believe how I'm doing and, and leave it at that. And I've learned that that wasn't him trying to be a dick or uh, being callous. That was, he gave me really good fucking advice that day. People don't give a shit uh, about you <laughs> and they get tired of hearing about your woes really, really quickly. Um, your friends are your friends, obviously, and they care about you and all this good stuff. Um, but they don't want to hear about your problems 24 seven. And, uh, like if you look on Facebook, I'm sure, uh, any of you guys that are active on Facebook have at least one or two people that are like this. Everything's a problem. Uh, every post date p- post is negative. Uh, there's always something wrong. It's probably, it might be a health issue or this or that and the other, but their life sucks and they need to constantly tell everybody about it. Uh, the running theme that I see with these people uh, on Facebook is, they routinely start complaining about people not being their friends that they thought they were and, and talking about how you can't rely on anybody. And that's, I think, unfair, uh, thing for a lot of them to say, because they've, at least the people that I've witnessed, uh, have went through a lot of shit and and I can understand why they, uh, kind of be a negative person, but no matter how much your friends love you and, and, you know, want to help you out, it can't be 24 seven. It can't be every time you interact with that person, it's negative needy shit. The best for your best friend in the world is eventually just going to want to remove himself from that situation. And it doesn't make him a bad person. It makes him a person that doesn't want all negative shit in his life. Uh, so I I've learned from that and tried not to be a negative person. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love to fucking complain, <laughs> but for me, complaining is basically just talking. I'm just, you know, it's, I'm not really bitter about most shit. Uh, it's just something to talk about. Um, Oh, you guys are talking about, uh, fucking, uh, that 
sales movie. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, they're kind of like Boiler Room. I'm not sure if I saw that. Is that one the one with the crazy Alec Baldwin uh, speech? Uh, where you know where he's t- saying coffees for fucking closers? Because because <laughs> I've never seen that movie, but I have seen bits and pieces. Uh, always be closing. <laughs> See, I just don't have the temperament for sales like that. I don't. I don't want to try to talk people into things that they don't want. Um, that never seemed like cool. And, but what, oh, a lot, Glenn, Glenn Gary, uh, Glenn Rose is the one I was talking about. Yeah. Thank you, Homelander. Uh, but from what I understand, if you are a salesperson that's going to make a living, you have to be like that. You can't just be passive and just wait for whatever sales are going to come to you. You, you know, you can't make a living like that. You have to go out and aggressively get sales. Uh, and, that's why, I, and don't get me wrong, I've applied for a couple sales jobs, but I never got them. Like I applied at a dealership at one point. It was probably a good idea I didn't get the job because I, I don't think I would have been a good salesperson. I would be like, hey, are you guys interested in a car? Cool. All right. I'll be over here when you pick out the one you want. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't have been, uh, that wouldn't have been good for sales. Obviously you can't do that. Homelander says he could be an amazing salesperson if he had a lobotomy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Wolf Castle, don't be tell me not to be passive. Well, that's there is a reason why that's my nickname because I'm not an aggressive person. I'm not like a go getter or anything like that. I'm pretty fucking mellow when it comes to it, um, which has served me well in certain cases and not so much in others. <laughs> like for instance, uh, being real passive and mellow doesn't do you any good in dating for the most part. <laughs> women are well, most people. Most women are not going to take up the initiative and try to date you. You have to be uh, aggressive about that shit. Tito Sandana says he would be a great sales salesperson, but he chooses not to. You know uh, that might be true, or that might be like me saying, "Yeah, I'd be a goddamn karate champion if I'd ever trained for it." Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, fuck. Once again, here in Michigan, it was like fucking seventy degrees again today. It's uh, my phone was so busy at work; it felt like a summer day. I fucking was going nuts, and uh, and it. Uh, it was actually worse in so several ways because uh, last week we shut down our, our halfway house for the season. For those that are, that are not familiar with uh, golf courses and uh, country clubs, most golf courses have what they call a halfway house, which will be right around halfway through the course where you can get food like burgers or beers or, sh- or shit like that. It's like a little mini snack bar. Uh, we closed ours last week because we're, we're going to renovate it and enlarge it quite a bit because uh, normally... Um, Tito Santana, that's respectful, J-Balls. Why? What did I say? Did I say something wrong? <laughs> but anyways, the uh, uh, but the halfway house is closed down for renovations. And it would, uh, and it would already be, be closed for the season, by the way. It probably would have been closed a week ago. Uh, so, of course, this week tends, turns up really fucking hot, and the golf course is packed. And when I say packed, they have zero openings for today, tomorrow, and Sunday. They're booked from uh, the beginning of the day to the end of the day. So, uh, all these people on the golf course and they want food then they can't get it at the halfway house. This is where I come in because now I have a bazillion different members calling me on the phone so they can go because they want to place orders that will be brought to them on the golf course. So I've been setting those up all day and that's, those are a lot of fun because we only have, I only have so many people I can send out there. Uh, and, and at one point the, the, uh, carry out calls were coming in pretty fast and furious and then that's addition to the regular ones because a lot of our members won't eat uh, here but they'll get carry outs because they think that's safer <coughs> so excuse me 
So we've been done a, done a very brisk business in carry out, which I'm sure makes the servers happy because they still get the tips for it. And all they got to do is wrap it up and bring it up to my desk. Um, Normally now with the new golf course thing, I've been sending people in golf carts out to different holes and shit, uh, which is, I don't know how it's, I sometimes have to remind myself that the members pay a shitload of money to, to be a member there because the shit we do for them is kind of ridiculous at points. Well, it's like a drink of water. Oh, I'll be peeing that out in about three hours. <laughs> I also have to remind myself not to drink too much water during the show because right after I'm done here, I'm going to eat something and go to bed. Homeland says golf carts to different holes. Is that a euphemism? No, no, it's actually, that's actually the little, literal thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't think any of that stuff's ever happened in the golf course as far as I know. Although if someone did loose panties on there, uh, I think I did. I think they did. I got a call for uh, either someone lost a pair of panties on, on the golf course or I got a pretty elaborate um, prank call one day because uh, I had uh, after a wedding party here one night. Uh, the next day I got a call from a guy asking, uh, um, uh, you know, if anyone had turned in like, you know, uh, he called it like a. Oh. <sighs> jeweled panties <laughs> apparently they're expensive or some shit like that i was like no sir uh <clears throat> i haven't had anyone turn anything like that he goes okay well they would have been around near the ninth hole i'm like oh <laughs> this is a different conversation than i thought it was going to be um but no sir i i'll let them i'll mention the groundskeeping uh if anything like that turns up so to this day i don't know if uh someone was fucking around with me or someone really did lose their bedazzled uh panties on the ninth hole Thank you, Tito. That was a tits. I keep on calling you Tito Santana. <laughs> uh, thank you, tits. That was the exact word I was looking for. <coughs> um, so, and that's not surprising, really, because uh, lots of stuff get lost at a country club. Uh, and I'm not talking like golf balls and shit like that. I mean, like shit that uh, you would not expect to lose. Like we have have had and are lost and found for about six months unless the big boss decided to throw it away. Cycling shoes. I mean, like the, the specific type of shoes that you would go cycling with. You know, uh, and I don't know how they ended up in my lost and found. I just was there one day, opened it up one day, and there they were. So it got turned in at some time during the night shift. But how do you lose your fucking bicycling shoes? First off, how do you get them up to the country club in the first place? Did you, did you ride your bike up here? Uh, that happens occasionally, but didn't you ride at home? Didn't you notice you didn't have shoes on? Uh, the plethora of eyeglasses and sunglasses that we uh, collect every year doesn't surprise me, uh, despite the fact that occasionally it's prescription. Uh, and uh, and people call all the time looking for the stuff, but there's stuff that mm, that looks like you would want to find that no one ever calls for. Um, uh, fuck, I've had an iPhone in there. I, how do you not come back for your fucking phone? I mean, it was an older model. I'm guessing it was a kid's or some shit like that. Uh, but still, it sat in there the entire season until we fucking threw it out. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, like I've gotten coats and shit from that. Uh, a couple different tie clips from the Lost and Found have, have come under my care after no one p uh, picked them up. Uh, and we have expensive shit. Like, uh, I think probably the most impressive thing I ever saw was uh, one of our members lost a bracelet and uh, housekeeping turned it in. Um, they're like, uh, they're like, Hey, I found this. And so, and so I'm like, Hey, thank you. And the bracelet costs like fucking $40,000 or some shit like that. <laughs> it's 
So she was happy to get it back. But, you know, first off, how the fuck do you lose a $40,000 bracelet? Um, but that's why I always tell people when they're, or what I wanted to tell people when they complain. Cause you know, people call up, Oh, I lost so-and-so and so-and-so. I know I lost it there. Uh, well, no, sir, we don't have that in our lost and found. And they're all, oh, well, I'm sure someone had to have found it. And I always want to say, bitch, it's not worth $40,000. And someone turned that shit in. We're not going to steal your shit. It's not worth our job. You know, <sighs> but some people, you know, are just have a suspicious, suspicious nature. Um, my, uh, my favorite one, I think was when one of mem- one of the members came up uh, and asked me to check my lost and found for her belt. I looked in the lost and found. I'm like, no, no, I don't. Uh, we don't have your belt. Oh well, someone clearly took it. I know. I I know. I lost it here. Um, you know, this is this is this is ridiculous. You know, um, that you know someone would steal her belt, and she she asked for a manager, told manager, and you know. I walked around the club complaining about it for fucking a good hour. I want to say, you know, uh, and, uh, the good news was, was eventually, uh, she found her belt. Uh, the interesting news is because it was around her fucking waist the entire time. She was wearing the belt that she was wandering around the club, uh, accusing employees of stealing. Um, and, and she never even had the good grace to come back and apologize. Yeah. Fucking, I couldn't believe it. I, you know, it, uh, some people it's, I mean, it's one thing to get upset because, you know, you think you've been wronged in some way or another, but when you realize that you have not been wronged and you've, uh, accused people in error, you wouldn't have at least a good grace to go back and apologize, especially when you knew you were being a fucking bitch about it too. She wasn't, I mean, it wasn't even polite. Like, oh, I'm sure it has to be here. Could you guys look again? It was someone fucking stole that, 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 and you know, it was dialed it up to 10 right the fuck away. Um, and, uh, so yeah, when she found that there was much giggling uh, behind the scenes and stuff, but we never got an apology. Wolfcastle said he, his roommate lost his wallet and all of his credit cards. He went to, to get a new license and credit cards and everything. And then he found his wallet in his old jacket pocket. <laughs> I've lost a credit card that way before. Um, um, had it out for some reason or another and didn't put it back in my wallet right away when I should have and then couldn't find it. Looked for like a week, ordered, ordered a new card. And then, you know, like a week later found it. <laughs> so uh, now I like to try to keep all my shit in order. Um, like my wallet, my keys go in a certain spot. And you know, uh, if I take anything out of my wallet, I have to put it back before I put the wallet back. Otherwise, otherwise I'll do shit like that on a regular basis. I still lose my keys on the regular. Um, I try to make sure I put them like a certain spot as soon as I get home, but occasionally I'll fuck that shit up, set them down. Cause I was doing something else before I got to the spot, but whatever. Um, and I, I need really need to put one of those little things on there that make noise, uh, like little tracking devices. Uh, like you can get small ones that will, uh, hook onto your like key ring and, uh, you can track it down. And trust me, that's something that Jaster needs because I will fucking lose those things. I, I have my phone set up like that, actually. Um, I don't have a, a smartwatch. I have something that's called a hybrid smartwatch. It looks just like a regular watch, um, but it uh, has like it does hook up to your Bluetooth and the buttons on it can be set to do different things. Like it'll tell me when I get a call or something uh, by like vibrating and then the uh, numbers will point, rotate and point at a certain thing. Like if... Uh, if uh, my watch vibrates and then the, the hands point to the number three, I know I got a Twitter message. 
If it points to noon, I know, I know someone's calling. If it points to nine, I know that's a Facebook message and so on and so forth. But you can uh, program the buttons to do different things. Like the, I have the uh, top button controlling my music. You, know, you hit it once to start, you hit it once to stop, you double click it to skip to the next song. Um, but my most useful button by far is the button on the bottom, because there's, there's three buttons on the side of the uh, watch, is, which I will hit right now. There you go. Oh, what's that? Yep, there you go. There's my fucking phone. <laughs> Get it again. So uh, I, I did that because I put my phone down. And I couldn't fucking find it. And I got tired of going to my computer and having to run Google Find Your Phone shit <laughs> about once every three days. Uh, so one of the buttons on my uh, watch will set the phone off. Of course, it's only Bluetooth range, so you have to be fairly close. Um yeah, like if you've lost if you've lost it, lost it, you're gonna still gonna need the uh, go to the Google uh, find your phone shit to find out where you put it. Um, but for like leaving it around your house, I'll just walk to each room and hit the button, and then eventually it'll go off and I'll know where to find it. Super duper useful. Huh. But anyways. So, um, what do we want to talk about now? We talked about the golf course. Um, yeah, it's, we're going to be fucked there later on, by the way. Uh, I keep on mentioning it's the managers and they're basically, I guess, waiting for it to happen before it's an issue. But as I've mentioned, it's been unseasonably warm here and that's going to extend on all through this weekend and into Monday or Tuesday, but eventually bad times will return. It's, you know, I, um, November, uh, in Michigan is not fucking awesome. It's going to start getting really fucking cold. And eventually all the heaters out there, um, and the tents that they have partly open because they want to keep it warm, but they also want fresh breeze going through so they don't get the COVID. Eventually that's going to fucking stop working and they're going to have to start coming inside. Uh, we're, we're starting to get some tables like that, but not a lot. Uh, but once that happens, it's going to be an issue because like today was moderately busy for dinner. We have about 120 people for dinner. Uh, and that's spread out from, from between like five, our, our normal uh, dining hours are 530 to 830. Um, but the problem being 120 people is way more than we're allowed to have by Michigan law right now. Right now, a, a restaurant's not allowed to have more than 50 people at any one at any given time. Um, and I don't uh, I don't see how we're going to do that. I mean, they're going to have to break up the reservations a lot more than they uh, are like even though we're open from 5 30 to 8 30 the vast majority of our uh, reservations are like 6 30 uh 6 6 30 and 7 those are that's the uh, reservations are mostly 6 30 or 7 um so if we have to put everybody inside that's more than twice as many as we can do i mean we can like try to stagger out the reservation some but uh that's gonna be really difficult to be able to do 120 people uh, over over a three hour period when you can't have more than 50 people in any given time. Um, and I don't even know if all restaurants are actually doing that. I don't know how well it's being enforced. Uh, but clearly it's going to be an issue. Uh, the clubhouse is only open until December 20th and we are going to have more and more members, uh, going down South for, or wherever they go for the winter. So our traffic, uh, dining traffic is going to go down regardless, but I don't know. Might be an issue, but right now, as long as we stay open till our normal time, I'll, I'll be happy with it. I just want the wife and I to keep on being employed for as long as possible. 
All right, well, fuck. Uh, I'm out of shit to talk about. You guys got anything? <laughs> Feel free to call in if you guys got anything. Uh, I don't know. I guess we could talk the MMA stuff. We used to do MMA picks every Friday, and we'd have a whole bunch of people call in and talk about MMA, but that shit doesn't happen anymore. I was talking to Camicom about that uh, early, a week or two ago. I was asking why he doesn't call in anymore. I sent him a message. I wanted to make sure I hadn't hurt his feelings or something like that. And he said, no, no, he's, the show is great. And he really enjoys calling in. He's with his health issues lately. He, he hasn't been up for it, which is fine. You know, I can understand that he's, you know, he's going through cancer stuff uh, and I can certainly, certainly relate. So, um, and, and of course, uh, one of his big bits was, you know, uh, the MAGA report. So, uh, that might've been going a, going away regardless of how he felt. <laughs> I can't really call in and do that shit anymore. Uh, but if he wants to call in and talk MMA stuff, he's more than welcome to call back. Um, looking at the card. Oh, fuck, I guess that's what we'll do when we look at the card, huh? <laughs> uh, fight night card. For, uh, the main event is Glover Texeria. I can never say his name right. Versus Diego Santos. So that should be interesting. Oh, fuck, dude. Andre Olaski versus Tanner Bozer is the co-main event. Uh, I love uh, Arlovsky, but that dude should not be fighting anymore at all. I mean, fucking goddamn, dude. He was basically um, done when I first started watching fucking MMA, like in 2005, 2006. His career was on the, uh, you know, going downhill then. And here it is fucking 15 years later and he's still fighting. I mean, I know he had a little bit of a, of a resurgence at one point, but it wasn't much of one. Uh, I can't, I mean, of all the, I imagine I, maybe they have him under a cheap contract or something. Cause you know, they're, they're letting people go left and right with, uh, in the UFC to add these new contenders, but they're still hanging on to Lofsky. I, I just, you know, I, I wonder if he had a, like a really long-term contract. And since he doesn't fight that often, it's just taking a long time, uh, to get through his fights or something. Um, <laughs> okay, you guys in the chat box are making me laugh about the shit that's got nothing to do with the show now. <laughs> uh, shit, sorry, guys, I, I digress. Um, fuck, I forgot what we were talking about. Did you guys see that picture of uh, Brock Lesnar's daughter, uh, who's supposedly like a, a female shot putter? She's in high school or some shit like that. Uh, they posted a picture of it on the OG uh, a day or two ago. And, uh, I don't want to say mean shit or anything like that, but, uh, the, the genetics really hold true. <laughs> I mean, if that's, you know, uh, I thought it was a Photoshop at first. That's how much she looks like her dad. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and she's, and she actually looks like pretty well built for a chick too. Um, <laughs> tits antennas get a point. Good point. You said that I won't talk shit even on the other side of the world on the internet. <laughs> Yeah, Brock Lesnar seems like he'd be pretty protective of his kids, I think. So uh, shit-talking uh, his daughter would probably be a bad idea. Uh, they also posted a picture of a, a dude they claimed was his son. I didn't look into that too much. He was, like, already 6'4 and cut, like, and, and shit. So um, he's apparently got interesting genetics. Um, the Wolf Castle said, imagine dating his daughter. Nope, I can't do it. <laughs> Couldn't do it. I mean, uh, I didn't see you know, much. You know, she's wearing some sort of like uh, track outfit or something like that. Uh, so I couldn't see much of uh, of anything going on. But she looks just like her dad in the face. <laughs> Fucking dude is ridiculous. And, and and with the same coloration and such as well. 
tits, Santana said, be good breeding stock. Yeah, yeah. Um, and here's a cool thing that someone pointed out. Uh, as far as I know, Lesnar's daughter is not into any type of wrestling or MMA, but she's clearly athletic. I think she said she was the world's uh, best, sixth best shot putter or the sixth best shot putter in her class, some shit like that. Um, and I think she's, I think she's either 17 or 18, but uh, here's the thing. Uh, Frank Murr's daughter is also 17 or 18 and she is into combat sports. I, I, she just won her first pro MMA fight like a, a week or two ago. Uh, and she's all bulky up, uh, bulk, uh, look, looks bulky like Mir does. Uh, so that would be really fucking cool if they could get Lesnar's daughter into MMA in some way and, and have like, you know, the, uh, fucking legacy fight where, uh, Frank Murr's daughter and Brock Lesnar's daughter fight. That'd be goddamn awesome, dude. Can you imagine the marketing on that shit? That would, uh, Wolf Castle said Brock might have her on steroids too. It looks like it. She's got pretty good traps for a chick. Uh, but I don't know. I don't like accusing people of that kind of shit. Uh, there's, you, you never know what you can accomplish just with hard work. <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, okay. We're going back to the card. Um, and the rest of the card is people I'm, I struggled <laughs> to recognize their name. Uh, Claudia Gadella is uh, on there. I recognize her name. Uh, oh, that Giga Chickadees is fighting again. Um, that's just a fun name to say. Giga Chickadees. Um, Darren Elkins, I recognize that name. I'm just going through and rec- tell you guys the name I recognize. And that was all of them. That's, <laughs> it's very much a, 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 a fight night p- uh, card. Not a lot of huge names on it. And that always makes for interesting fights because these are the people that are really hungry for it. Um, that are willing to be aggressive and take chances to win. Um, <clears throat> not like when they get higher in the rankings and they realize that they have to be careful, otherwise they're going to get knocked the fuck out. But also, when you're lower in the rankings like this, there's more mismatches. And while mi- a mismatch is you know, uh, supposedly not a great thing, some of the more interesting fights you'll see are mismatches. The, uh, some of the most boring fights are where you have people that are pretty evenly matched and they cancel each other out. Uh, a good mismatch fight doesn't last long, but it's a lot of fun to watch though. <laughs> um, oh, Tit Santana said UFC, uh, 100 Brock versus mirror is one of my favorite fights ever. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Is that, that's the rematch, wasn't it? Where, uh, uh Brock, uh, f- figured out, uh, mirror and basically, uh, pinned him in like some kind of weird cradle half guard and just beat the piss out of him for fucking three minutes. Uh, that was fucking, that was scary. That to me, that was a really, really scary thing. Cause it was so methodical and it was so apparent that Frank, a big, strong guy who knew lots of shit, couldn't do a goddamn thing. And it was it, in some ways it was way scarier than like just a flash knockout because you just see Brock breaking him down and putting him into a position where he couldn't fucking do anything. And then just bam, 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 over and over. And they weren't super strong punches because he didn't have a lot of room to work with, but they didn't need to be. Holy fuck, dude. (laughs) When Frank got up, it looked like someone had been mashing his face against the wall for 30 minutes. Um, uh, Yeah, and uh, it said the same thing. It was hard to watch that shit. Um, Wolfcastle says he prefers the knee bar fight, which is the first time they fought where Mir caught him in a knee bar. Um, and I'm a big Frank Muir fan. I, I really am. He's one of my favorite fighters. Uh, and I really enjoyed the trash talk. <laughs> he, he gave Frank Muir up uh, in the lead up to the second fight. 
like uh and he because frank would say stuff like you know um yeah lesnar's a big strong guy obviously he's talented he's got good wrestling he goes he goes i can't take that away from him but does he know how to uh, defend an oh my god or does he know how to like and he starts throwing out all this different jujitsu set does you know these does he know where to place his knees for the, 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 the and then he stopped halfway through he goes you know what don't worry about it brock i'll explain what all those things are for uh after the fight <laughs> It was, it, it, you know, he was, he was good at, it. uh, I liked Frankie cause he it didn't see his trash talk wasn't malicious. It was more amusing than anything. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my apologies. Uh, 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 Santana didn't say that was hard to watch. He said, he said he was hard while watching it. That's a pretty big distinction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys fuck. Um, so yeah, it doesn't look like there's anything else on the UFC card that's going to be uh, big names or spectacular. So I'm sure it'll be enjoyable fight stuff. Uh, always, it's always feel bad on some of these fight nights when I actually recognize someone's name because that normally means their careers uh, on their way out. Like a good example is uh, Darren Elkins. Darren Elkins has been fighting for the UFC for quite a while now. Um, unfortunately, he has been doing well, which is why he's buried at the bottom of a prelim card on. Uh, on a UFC fight night, he's got his last four fights are all losses, which makes me kind of surprised that he's, uh, um, still in the UFC. <laughs> uh, cause like he lost, uh, in May of 2020 to Landwehr in July of 2019 to Ryan Hall in November of 2018 to our, uh, Richard Lamas. And in July of 2018, uh, to Al Volonsky. But the point being, you know, he's only had four fights in two years and all of them are losses, <laughs> which explains where he is on the card. But, you know, that's got to be a bummer because uh, he uh, he has to know. Uh, he has to know that um, uh, he's on his way out. Um, and that's got to be hard because that you're fighting these people's career. It's not like a hobby. That's obviously what he does for a living. It's what he's dedicated his entire life for at least uh his late teen and in all of his adult years. Um, and, and to look back and know that you never really, I should, Darren Elkins has never even really reached elite status. He was, uh, was he ever even a contender? Uh, I don't think he's ever fought for a title fight or anything like that. He's always just been a solid fighter that they put in there. Um, and was, uh, would you think he's happy with that? I mean, does you think he looks back and, you know, and, is he upset that he never got a shot at a title or anything like that? Or is he happy that he was able to make a career out of fighting? Um, I, I guess those, that's the two ways of looking at it. Um, excuse me. If it's something that he loves to do and he's getting paid for it, that doesn't really matter that he never reached the, the very top levels of the sport. I mean, he fought in the UFC and he's fought in the UFC for a while. Uh, you know, that's top level. I, I guess that's basically the same thing as asking, you know, people that are in baseball or basketball or uh, football, but they aren't the stars. They're just there. Um, I imagine baseball is probably more like that than most other things. Maybe football. I don't know. This, the pra- are, are the people in the practice squad officially in the NFL so, so have, they have the pay minimum and all that shit? That'd be a, one thing that sucks. You're, you're good enough to be on the practice squad, but not good enough to play in the actual games. Um, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Just uh, people who dedicate their life toward a certain thing and then fail to achieve it. We talked about that before with um, musicians. 
on how uh, a lot of musicians don't give up on their dreams soon enough. <laughs> and it's a horrible thing to say, you know, uh, and I, and I respect the fact that they saw something that they wanted to do and they went for it. Um, but I've seen it over and over again. There's a certain time to do that. And there's a certain time to decide that it's not going to happen and you need to adjust your life for it. Um, and I know people sometimes hit break late in life. Uh, but for everyone that happens, there's a bazillion that it never happens for. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Change the subject. Uh, Wolf Castle asked if I've seen, uh, Kevin Lee's new head tattoo. Yes. It's fucking horrible. Um, uh, no, seriously bad. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not talking about the design. Uh, the design of a tattoo is always a matter of personal preference. So I will never judge, uh, how a tattoo is designed. It's a fucking bad tattoo because it's not good work. Uh, the line work is fucking horrible. Look at any of those lines. Like if you go look at the tattoo, uh, it's got different panels in it. I think it's some people, someone said it's supposed to be samurai armor. It doesn't really look like that. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it as an ad, abstract piece. that's not supposed to look like anything. Uh, but for example, go look at the, uh, tattoo. You, you'll see there's a mouth in one of the panels. It, uh, for those that haven't seen it, it's his the back of his head is divided into like black panels, uh, with like, uh, and it's divided by areas that aren't tattooed at all. And that's the areas I want you guys to focus on, because if you look at it, it's the lines aren't fucking straight. It, it looks like he colored over the lines. That's seriously what it looked like. So like someone put down like a, a grid for him to, to, uh, tattoo on and he just went over the lines in certain places uh it's not even like you when you look at a line it's supposed to go straight from one point to one point i realize he's working with a curved surface but that's not the issue it actually like bleeds out in several things it just looks uneven um i'm not happy with the shade work on it uh it's uh i'm once again i can't judge that too much because it might be part of the design the only thing i can judge really really with firm authority is the fucking line work lines need to be straight and they're not um and that's just fucking horrible because that's a major major piece man you don't want to have that fucked up i've got all kinds of artwork that i'm not happy with um but nothing of that magnitude um my at least my uh tattoo artists i've had you know in the recent future for like the last 10 years or some shit like that fucking he knows what he's doing uh i put tattoos on the oc uh, oh excuse me uh og all the time for people to look at and some a lot of people will make fun of what the content is which is fine if you don't like my tattoos you don't like my tattoos they're individual but you cannot fucking bag on bag on the actual work uh, my boy's lines are straight his colors are fucking deep uh, his shit heals well. He, as long as you can get a design out of him that you want, I guarantee you, you'll be happy with a tattoo from this guy. And I've had tattoos uh, from other guys in the past. That's what a lot of my older ones on my arms are uh, from people that, like uh, the one guy I went to, he was a good artist, but he was a shitty tattoo artist. Uh, he could draw a good design and things like that, but he didn't know, uh, he wasn't uh, an expert at applying the pressure correctly, putting the ink in the right uh levels of the skin so a lot of my artwork from him faded out really really fucking bad like to the point where you can't tell what it is um combine that with the fact that i did almost exclusively black uh artwork with that uh combined made us basically my arms are just blobs uh, there's some parts that you can still see good but part, some parts of it are faded beyond recognition and i've had my uh, guy go in and touch up some of those he, he calls it a uh, turd polishing uh and he's made some of them look a lot better but they still don't look as good as if he just had the empty space to work on himself. Um, and, uh, 
they're asking if I'm okay busting people's chops. Yeah, no, no, I'm cool. I'm just trying to think of shit to talk about, man. So I guess bagging on people is one good way to do that. Um, so we're, Wolf Castle said something about my sister. I will tell you, that's one of the few times I've been regretful that I, uh, I've had tattoos because I am 100% certain that I probably influenced my little sister. Uh, my little sister is quite a bit younger than me. I'm 47. She's 30. So, um, so, uh, to give you an idea, I think I was probably an influence on her tattoos because, you know, that's, that it wasn't a tattoo family. My dad had like one, he had a tattoo of a, uh, of Snoopy riding a Harley, um, but which, uh, by the way, my sister has now, by the way, because, uh, she took my dad passing away a lot harder than I did. My, when my dad passed away back in 2007, um, he was just a, a, a more of a friend of mine because I didn't grow up with him as my dad and I didn't even really get to know him until after I was an adult. Um, so while it hurt quite a bit to lose him, I, it didn't hurt me like it hurt my sister because that was just her dad. You know, she had her, that had been her dad her entire life. He hadn't, you know, abandoned her or anything like that. So as far as she was concerned, he was the best guy in the world. Uh, so, and she was like 15 or 16 when he passed away. So that was pretty rough for her. Um, so, um, one of the, uh, she's missed him quite a bit and she posts about it every year. So one of the things she did was get the, his tattoo redone, uh, and, and put on like her shin and it was good work too. I don't like a lot of her work. Uh, she lives down river. So I, she's actually went to a whole bunch of what I consider ghetto tattoo shops. I keep on trying to talk her into, uh, coming up to my guy, but that'd be like a two hour drive for her. And at this point it's kind of, she's kind of committed, <laughs> you know? Uh, and the reason I say I kind of regret that is because she has a fuckload of tattoos, uh, almost as many as me, if not more. And, um, uh, just in poor placement. Like I, I can't stand chest tattoos on a chick. I, that's one of the few things I like tattooed women. Uh, but I think a, a chest tattoo just doesn't look good. Uh, and she's got a gigantic one of a, like an actual heart on her chest. And when I say heart, I don't mean like a heart. I mean like the actual physical heart with the aorta and the veins and all that good shit. Um, but, uh, it's uh you, what are you gonna do you know people are their own people i've never said a word to her about maybe not getting as many tattoos as, as her big brother has um <laughs> but uh what are you gonna do she's one of those people that's she's she's a hard learner she's gonna be like me she's uh she's 30 and she still hasn't found her way in life yet um so i, I hope she does soon it's because it's it's never easy um her sister wasn't like that my my other sister go get her entire life yeah fucking super popular in school she was like the head of the cheerleading squad she uh ended up marrying the head of the uh the captain of the hockey team so the only way it could have been more storybook is if he was the captain of the football team uh, but no captain of the hockey team uh she ended up like going to college uh, and uh is a teacher uh, teaches the eighth grade math he works at a steel mill <laughs> um, so so um you know there's never been a doubt in my head that she was going to be uh successful uh, she's always just been like very, um, a type, very enthusiastic, very motivated. Um, but my uh, sister, uh, my other sister, I don't know, uh, she'll find her way eventually, but she's got poor taste in men. It's burned her a whole bunch of times. So I say beheading all, no, I still, I said she was the head of the cheerleaders. <laughs> um, is that a gay steel? I haven't seen that episode of Wolf Castle. Wolf Castle asked if it's a gay steel mill like The Simpsons. I haven't watched The Simpsons in years, um, which is kind of weird considering I have a whole bunch of Simpsons tattoos. Uh, 
but uh yeah i i haven't watched them in several years god it's gotta be a whole bunch now i like the characters i didn't like anything that they've done recently in the stories i just kind of lost track of it I, i'm just amazed that they still have them it's still on the air brian fucking that's been on 20 30 years or some shit like that now <laughs> i don't watch any tv tito he uh tits damn it i'm gonna call it, i'm just gonna start calling you tito now it's that's just how it should be <laughs> Uh, well, I might have missed that one. Uh, Tits, uh, that was from the 90s. Um, I uh, One of the reasons I went with Simpsons tattoos is because my guy is so good at color work. Uh, and uh, cartoon tattoos are, are relatively easy. So he can make, the, make that shit pop really good. Um, and I've, I've told you guys all about my tattoos before. I, I really need to get the uh, motif that I've got on my right leg uh, finished. I'm getting tired of it looking not right. Um, as I've mentioned before, it's a uh, the mo- uh, motif I've got on my right calf is the Simpsons in space. So I'm in the process of having a whole bunch of Simpson characters in space. Uh, I've, I've already got Homer wearing a spacesuit and uh, and Lisa wearing a spacesuit on one different side or another. I've got Mr. Burns in a spacecraft uh, that looks like his head. So it looks like he's drawing. Um, Kind of, you, you have to look for the signs. It looks like a spacecraft, obviously, but when you look at the subtle signs, it's also his head. Um, and then we have, uh, and I have one of the aliens in, in their normal alien ship. Uh, we're going to add one more person, probably Bart in a, in a spot, and then we're going to do a, uh, uh, a space background. And uh, the space background is why it isn't finished, because basically he's going to have to tattoo the remainder of my leg in black and with like, like some stars and constellations and stuff, and that's going to fucking hurt. <laughs> um, it's gonna it's gonna be uh fucking you know uh, ridiculous i don't i hate that uh, leg tattoos they suck they're they're one of the most painful spots i can find and more importantly because of the nerves and stuff it make makes my legs want to jump and i'm constantly fighting the urge to jerk my foot you know and say, which would fuck up the tattoo so it's very stressful for like that stressful uh in that regard um but it needs to be done because the tattoos don't look right uh and all the tattoos um there is no glass like there's no glass uh for homer's the front of Sp- homer's spacesuit or the uh you know or like lisa's spacesuit you know like for the helmets uh, uh chronos's and um dr mr burns ships don't have glass uh he drew a little like uh line there like with dirty water actually just for uh give him an impression but he couldn't put the glass in yet because he has to put in the star background because that's going to give him light sources um which will and once he has light sources, he can do the glass because he'll know where to put like the different reflections and things like that. And he doesn't, he can't put the glass in until the light sources are in place because he, you know, he, it won't be right. So it, uh, if you look at my tattoos, they look good, but they look weird because, like I said, Homer's walking around with, you know, wearing a space suit with a helmet and the glass is missing from the helmet. Um, so, which makes it look kind of odd. Uh, and it's been like that for a couple few years now because it's been a process because I don't, I can't spend a lot of money on tattoos and the vast majority of the ones I've gotten over the last three or four years have actually been free. Cause he's a friend of mine. Uh, and he'll like, he'll hook me up for like Christmas or a birthday or something like that. They'll say, Hey, your birthday's coming up. And, uh, I had someone cancel. I got absolutely nobody in here for the next four hours. Why don't you come on up here? And it's all going on up there. So, uh, because I'm filling a spot, you know, that he can't fill the spot anyway. So he isn't losing money at that point. I'm, I'm sure he's cost him a little bit in like, uh, um, ink supplies, but that's actually not a big deal. And I do try to, uh, I haven't been able to this year or last year, but I do try to get at least one paying one a year. I, I feel bad just getting free work off them all the time. 
uh, but he's a good guy. Um, if you're ever looking for a tattoo and you're near Highland, Michigan, look up Fat Brothers Tattoos. Go in there and, and tell Reverend JR that you want a fucking tattoo. Uh, and the Reverend is legitimate, by the way. He uh, he is ordained. He gave me, uh, he he's actually the person that married me and my wife together. <laughs> so, so, um, which made for an interesting looking minister. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, do they have tattoo machines now that are just like printers for paper? Wolfcastle asked that. No. Um, uh, no, tattoos, there, there is a couple different types of tattoo guns, but it's still the same process. Um, Homelander said, I thought I bribed them with weed. No, uh, I mean, I'll normally bring a joint to smoke with him or something like that, but he's got his own weed. <laughs> uh, uh, but for anybody who hasn't had a tattoo, if you're thinking about getting one, I'm going to tell you right now, go ahead and get it on your right or left shoulder, like the upper, upper arm shoulder, you know, like the classic first spot on your basically upper biceps, I guess. Um, because that is basically the least painful spot you could possibly get a tattoo. Uh, and that's a good indicator about whether you should be getting tattoos. If it's, if that's no big deal to you when you get that tattoo there, cool, move on, try a different spot. If that's a big deal, if that fucking hurts a whole bunch, you're done getting tattoos, sir. <laughs> Cause you don't want to, cause it only gets worse from there. And it does vary from person to person. Uh, some people say calf tattoos are worse are the worst. Some people say uh, the ditch of the elbow is worse. Uh, the worst. A lot of people say ribs are, are, are the worst. Um, some people say the back of the head is the worst. Um, and it's going to be different from person to person, but generally speaking, all those areas are going to be bad. Which one's the worst for you is going to be an individual thing, but none of those places are going to be awesome. Um, but it depends. Like I've got tattoos in the, in the ditch of my elbow and it didn't bother me that much. Um, uh, having it on the other side, like when they're like the bone part that hurt quite a bit more as far as I was concerned, but still for me, the only thing that really bothers me are leg tattoos. Uh, I can get a back tattoo and fucking fall asleep. <laughs> well, excuse me, a back shoulder tattoo. Uh, once you get into the center of the back where the spine is, that becomes unpleasant again. Uh, but like a, a shoulder tattoo on my left side, I actually have fallen asleep getting that shit done. And I know people say that, but I, I did, I was tired and it wasn't that it wasn't painful uh, hardly at all and fucking i'm lying i'm lying on my stomach face down fucking i just kind of you know dozed off for a little while i was like wow did i fall asleep he goes he goes fuck yeah you did buddy <laughs> uh so that tattoo was pretty goddamn easy um but realistically speaking i don't really have the money for that shit and uh i'm starting to run out of room <laughs> uh my arms are completely done uh shoulders are starting to be done for the most part uh my calves are pretty covered. Uh, I, there's lots of room for little things, but um, for a major piece, um, I'd have to do like my lower back. My upper my upper back has a, a fairly large piece. Um, but the only two big pieces of real estate right now are my chest, my stomach, and my lower back. I'm not getting anything on my chest or stomach. I don't have any desire to. Um, lower back, maybe. But... It, it, I don't know. It seems kind of it seems kind of silly to spend all that money on it nowadays when I got so many other things to worry about. If I strike it rich, I'll probably continue with my tattoo work. But uh, for for now, and, and unless uh, the uh, buddy throws me a free one every once in a while, I'm probably pretty much done with them. Oh yeah, I could get it on my butt cheeks too. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a good spot. 
uh, Homelander, why the hell would you get a tattoo on your lower back? I don't know. I mean, you know, fucking, I like tattoos. Fuck, I like the process of it. Uh, the pain is, while it sucks, is actually something that you, you kind of like at, in certain points. Um, a, a lower back tattoo is, uh, is, uh, probably, you know, not in my cards. If nothing else, I don't want a tramp stamp sort of thing. Uh, dragging off the chest is fine. I haven't got anything done there. It feels like it'd be a sensitive spot. Um, but, uh, you know, um, I'll see at one point, I guess my brother got a fucking chest tattoo and he was, was out halfway through. So fucking <laughs> it looks horrible. And he went to my guy. So that's how I know he's never went to get it fixed. Uh, he got basically the outline done. It looks like a skeleton dude wearing a sombrero holding up two uh, mugs of beer. Um, and he never went back to get it finished. I guess it was too painful for him. <laughs> so I laugh in his general direction. Ha 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 anyways i think that's about a show today um i want to thank absolutely fucking nobody because nobody called in i had to do this shit all by myself you people are mean uh, <laughs> no it's too late wolf castle no i'm not i'm not picking up dude yeah <laughs> uh i do want to thank you guys for being along for the ride I, I wouldn't do the show if you guys didn't show up for it so i appreciate it uh we're gonna be back tomorrow at six o'clock to do the whole thing all over again um, don't forget to get your picks in guys. Cause we do have the MMA, uh, fights coming up tomorrow. So during the day tomorrow, you're going to have to, uh, get your picks in and we'll of course, um, have to laugh at the people do poorly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, until then I'm passive J and you guys have yourself a great day. Theme tune for the OG. Yeah, fuck the OG, fuck the OG.